0: I get to introduce to you our guest speaker for today, Barry Cole, and his wife, Jeannie, who was here on the keys and vocals with me this morning. They've been coming to our church for a couple of months now, and they've come back to the States recently after 14 years in Europe, and so it's great to have them as part of our church. It's awesome to have Jeannie on worship team, and now we get to hear Barry come share with us today, so that's awesome. I'm going to turn it over to him. Thank you, Rachel. And thank you to the praise team. Uh, You know, I don't know if you um, have expressed it to them. I know you're grateful as I am for the praise team week after week uh, leading us in worship. If you haven't told any of them that, you haven't expressed that, just let them know that next time you see them, next time you have a chance to talk with them, uh, just how much we appreciate them leading us week after week. Well, as Rachel said, my name is Barry Cole, and uh, my beautiful wife, Jeannie, was up there tickling the ivories on the keyboard and Jump right into the praise team, and we have been so blessed uh, to be part here of the Harvest family for the last couple of months. Um, and we have gotten the opportunity to meet many of you, and if we have met you and you've introduced yourself to me, I'm just going to apologize right now because, well, first of all, because you had to meet me, but secondly, because I'm going to forget your name. It's just, it's, Don't take it personally. Stuff doesn't stick here like it used to stick. So I will probably have to hear your name a dozen times before it sticks in my head. Don't take that personally, but we've had an opportunity to meet many of you already, and how blessed we have been to meet you. And some of you, and some of you are new faces to us, and we haven't had the chance to meet you yet, and we look forward to that opportunity hopefully soon. We are a retired Air Force family. And the Lord, over the course of 25 years, took us a lot of places, and we chased all over the world chasing after whatever the Air Force had for us next, Um, and then following that, he gave us the opportunity and the privilege of ministering to the U.S. military community stationed overseas, and so we were three years in southern Germany, and then the previous six years in northern Italy, and then the Lord led us here to Eugene, and we've been here two months, three months, yeah, since November, just a couple of months. And in that course of time, I've been asked the question several times, why Eugene? And it's always asked just like that. Even people who live here, why Eugene? Why'd you pick? Like we were in Italy with a map of the world and we just threw a dart, boom, Eugene, Oregon. We like fog and rain. That's where we're going to go to Eugene. I grew up here. This is my hometown. Um, Jeannie moved up when we were when she was in high school, we met when she was a junior in high school, and life went downhill from her after, for her after that. Um, we met in high school, and she was only lived here for two years when we moved away. I grew up here in Eugene, so this is my hometown. And the Lord led us back here in, just to serve, see whatever, what is next for us in our journey of ministry following Him. And I think the first meeting I had with Pastor Brian, I told him, listen, we're here. Lord, let us here to serve. I'm available to do anything. And whether that is scrubbing the toilets or filling the pulpit, I'm available to do anything and even everything in between. And I got to be honest, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm glad he chose this one, not <laughs> the other thing for me to start with, but I'm glad to be able to fill in. I wish Brian was able to be here today. Of course, we had COVID a couple weeks ago and I know it just, we, we felt cruddy for you know three, four days. And so just continue to pray for Brian and Marcy and Nicole as they, as they wrestle with this and And as the Lord heals them, just continue to lift them up in prayer. Well, we are continuing in the sermon series. Brian started a series several weeks ago called Faith Forward. And I'm going to continue along those lines, not necessarily the message he had next in the series, but along those same lines of challenging us to think about what it looks like to take the next step of faith. How do we keep our faith moving forward in our lives? And so we're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 10 this morning. And so if you've got a Bible with you, and I hope that you do, or Bible app on your device, would you take that out and turn to the 10th chapter of Deuteronomy this morning? If you don't have a Bible and you're joining us here in person, there's someone at that back table back there. And I know I've heard Brian say this several times, so I can go ahead and say this. Feel free to take it with you. You don't need to ask permission. We're back there because we want everyone to have a copy of God's Word. So if you don't have a Bible at home, grab it, use it today, take it home, write all, make notes in it, whatever, it's yours. Uh, Feel free to use that. Um, But we're in Deuteronomy chapter 10, so turn there with me. You know, when you go to the doctor before deciding what you ought to do next, before you decide, before he decides what your next steps are and, and how you move forward from where you are, the doctor will do a couple of things. The doctor will spend some time with you and will ask some questions. And they'll ask you sometimes some very personal questions about what is going on. And then the doctor is going to take your vital signs. And they do that for a reason. They do that to get a sense of where you currently are. Because before he, the doctor can prescribe something, before he or she can tell you how to move forward, they've got to get a sense of where here is. As we're thinking of the idea of faith forward, and we're thinking of how do I move forward in my faith? How do I make sure in 2022, I can't even believe it's already 2022, and January is almost over, halfway over already. As I'm thinking about moving forward in my faith. And where is God going to lead me in 2022? And how do I take the next step? It's helpful for us to have those same kind of conversations about our faith. Where do I go from here? But I need to determine where here is. Where am I in my faith today? Here in Deuteronomy chapter 10, let me give you a little bit of a, a running start to what is happening. God is about to take the children into the promised land. Now that won't happen for many, many chapters to follow here, but these are right on the verge of going into the promised land. And before they do though, God through Moses is recounting their history for them. And he does it here from Deuteronomy chapter 10 and many, many chapters to come in the book of Deuteronomy. And you know the story. You're familiar enough with the Old Testament story and the children of Israel and are wandering. Their history looks a little like this, doesn't it? It's up and down. times they were faithful and times they were following after God and times they were just knuckleheads. And their faith is like that. And he's recounting their story for them and it's not always a pretty picture. And here's, here's why I think he's doing that. Because before God leads them in the next step, Before they move forward in their faith and in their faith journey following after God, before he takes them to this next level, he's giving them a no-holds-barred assessment. Where are you in your relationship with me? And that shows up in this account of their history. He's checking their faith vital signs. He's asking them those questions to identify where here is so we know where to go from here. So you've got your Bibles open, Deuteronomy chapter 10. You follow along as I read verses 12 through 16. That's where we're going to be. It's up here on the screen as well if you want to follow along up there. Now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you but to fear the Lord your God? to walk in all his ways and love him, and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the Lord's commandments and his statutes, which I am commanding you today for your own good. Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the highest heavens and the earth and all that is in it. Yet on your fathers did the Lord set his affection to love them, and he chose their descendants after them, even you above all people as it is to this day. So circumcise your heart, Stiffen your necks no longer. Father, we thank you that we once again have the privilege to gather in this place and that we have a church family that we can come together with, that we can open up your word, and we have the freedom to do that. We have the freedom to gather in here and to sing praises. Those that can't join us, but they have the opportunity to join in online, Father, we just thank you for the incredible privilege it is to be a part of the family of God. And Father, we thank you as we open up your word today. Your Holy Spirit guides us into all truth, teaches us all things. As you do that, as you inhabit the praise of your people right now, as we worship through your word, Father, we just pray that we'd be responsive to you. That we'd hear what you have for our hearts and that we would make our adjustments to you. Would you help us to do that in these next few moments? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, here's the big idea. I like to pull out the main thought of the passage. And Pastor Brian does that too. He calls it the one thing. And I call it the big idea. It's the same concept. Here's what I think is the big idea of these verses here in Deuteronomy chapter 10, that we all need to make an honest evaluation of where we are now in our faith to determine how best to move forward. As we're being challenged to move forward in our faith, do you know where you are in your walk with the Lord right now? Have you stopped and asked just some very pointed questions? Because that's what I want to do today. I want to give you some questions for you to ask. And if you're a note taker, if you use the note taking guide, there's one in the bulletin. I think we've got Wi-Fi up again. So we've got, you've got the ability to download the one from, from, that's online, available that way. So if you're a note taker using the note taking guide, these questions are in there. But if you don't use the note taking guide, I still encourage you to write these questions down. Because I think these are some very pointed questions for us to take our our faith-vital signs, so to speak, and get an idea of where are you at today so you can determine, you can enable the Lord to help you determine what are the next steps that you need to take. And so I want to challenge you, ask you some very pointed questions here that I think this text kind of alludes to. I think these these are questions that would come right directly out of this conversation that the Lord is having through Moses with the children of Israel, and the first question is this, are you too comfortable with God? Are you too comfortable with God? Now, as believers in Christ, we can be comfortable with God. We shouldn't have this relationship that that is uber-formal, and we always keep God at an arm's length, and He always keeps us that way, and, and everything has to be structured and formal that way. We can be comfortable with God. As believers, Jesus said that he calls his followers friends. We are now friends of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? We can have that kind of relationship. The Apostle Paul said that we have the spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Now, that's a very informal term of address. Can you just wrap your head around that? That we can cry out to God the Father and we can call Him Papa, almost Daddy, that kind of informal connection. The Hebrew writer said that we can approach the throne of grace with confidence. Now listen, you don't approach the throne of a ruler, a king or queen, something like that. You don't approach that throne confidently unless you're comfortable being there. That's the kind of relationship as believers we can have with God. We should be comfortable with Him, but that's not the question I'm challenging you to ask. The question is this, are you too comfortable with God? Because there comes a point, there can come a point, if we're not careful, there can come a point when we get too comfortable with who He is and too comfortable with who we are in Him. I think that's what happened to Israel. They got too comfortable with their their relationship with God, too comfortable with who he is. Verses 12 and 13 here in Deuteronomy chapter 10, he gives five imperatives, things that they are to do. He says in verse 12, he said, Now, this what does the Lord require of you? And then he gives five things. He says, fear him, walk in his ways, love him, serve the Lord, keep his commandments. Five things. And he starts the list. I think how he starts the list is critical. Notice the first thing he puts on the list. Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. The proverb writer said this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. Now that doesn't mean that we, I just made this point that we we can be comfortable with God as believers. And that doesn't mean that we cower in the corner in God's presence. It doesn't mean we're we're curled up in the fetal position over there, sucking on our thumbs because we're absolutely terrified of God. That's not what it means. What he's talking about, this fear of the Lord, is this overwhelming sense of awe, this overwhelming sense of respect of who God is. And I think that causes us to react like Isaiah did in Isaiah chapter 6. You remember he saw this image. He saw the Lord high and exalted on the throne. You remember what he did? One option. This is all he had. He fell down on his face before the Lord. And he said, woe to me, I'm undone. I'm just absolutely taken apart in God's presence. That sense of awe and respect, that's fear of the Lord. In order to develop that, In order to have that in our lives, we've got to to recognize and and come to terms with who God is. See, I think that was the problem with the children of Israel. We talked about their wavering commitment, how it was back and forth and sometimes on top and sometimes down in the valley. And their commitment wavered, I think, because they had grown complacent. That's the problem. When we get too comfortable with God, we start to get complacent in our relationship with Him. Complacent with who He is. Complacent with where we are in relation to Him. Look back just maybe one page. Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 23. And what's happening there in Deuteronomy 9, verse 23, is that God is reminding them of the last time they were on the verge of entering the promised land the first time. And he says there in verse 23, So when the Lord sent you from Kadesh Barnea, saying, Go up and possess the land which I have given you, then you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. You neither believed him nor you listened to his voice. In other words, I think he's saying this. You know why you failed when you were right there? And I was ready to take you in and and bring blessings in your life like you couldn't even imagine. Do you know why you failed? Here's how my mom would say it you got a little too big for your britches. That's why you failed. You, You thought a little bit too much of yourself, and you began to think that you know more than I do. That's what he was saying. You got too comfortable. You got complacent with who God is. Listen, I think there's a challenge in all of our walks with Christ. Because we talk about how I am a friend of God. And we talk about him as our he's a friend that sticks closer to a brother. And sometimes we can forget this very simple fact, God is God and I am not. And that's exactly where they were. They had become complacent, I think. We were too comfortable with God we lose sight of this sense of awe and respect yes he is our father he is our papa he is our daddy but he is the king of kings the grand exalted king of the universe and listen when we get too comfortable we forget that we can even start to think that we are his equal he is ours He exists solely for the purpose of making my life comfortable. exists solely for the purpose of whenever I snap my fingers, God fulfills the wishes that I have. It's a short walk to there from being too comfortable with God. So I just want to ask you this morning, as you think about faith forward and what's the next step for you in your walk with Christ, are you too comfortable with Him? And then the other thing I want us to see there is that He says, verse 12, he says, walk in his ways. Now, I mentioned that he gives five things there in verses 12 and 13. What does the Lord require of you? And then he lists out five things. And I want you to notice something. Three of those deal with obedience. Did you see that? He says, walk in his ways, verse 12, obey him. Serve him, verse 12, obey him. Keep the Lord's commandments, verse 13. Obey Him. Three of the five deal with obedience. Do you notice that God sometimes does that? Repeats the same thing? Keeps bringing up the same lesson in you? Has that happened to you? That God, it seems like He keeps bringing up and the circumstances He allows in your life keep bringing you to the same lesson over again and over again. Do you notice that that happens sometimes, that God does that? And once you see it, then you can't unsee it, right? Once He convicts your heart of it, now everything you read, that same lesson comes out. And every meme that someone shares on Facebook, it's talking about that issue. You can't seem to get away from it. And that's not God picking on you. That's not God rubbing your face in your mistakes. See, you goof this up the first time. Now, let me make sure you don't goof it up again. It's not God heaping on us shame and guilt for the mistakes that we have made. Do you know why God does that? He continually circles back on the areas where we most need to grow. That's why he's doing that. He keeps bringing us back again and again because here is an area, an opportunity for you to grow a little bit closer to me is one thing we know about the children of Israel, disobedience was their issue. It's what landed them in the wilderness in the first place. It's what kept them several times throughout the course of that journey. God just got absolutely fed up with them and their grumbling. Disobedience was their big issue. But these two things are related. This idea of becoming too comfortable, becoming complacent, with God in disobedience. These are like two sides of the same coin. Because at the heart of disobedience is first of all, forgetting who God is and thinking that his commandments are somehow suggestions. (laughs) That the, the 10 commandments are 10 recommendations. Well, maybe I'll get to that. Forgetting who God is and then second, forgetting what he is. Look at the way he ends verse 13. He said, did Does God not require all these things for you, for your good? You know, we sing the song, you're a good, good father. It's who you are. And he is. And the things that he's doing, the reason he keeps circling back on those lessons over and over and over again is because he's a good father. Hebrew writer said it this way, Hebrews chapter 12. He said, for the moment... All discipline seems not to be pleasant, right? And you've had those moments where where God is disciplining you, He's training you, He's helping you grow in some area, it's chipping off the rough parts of your life, and that's not always a pleasant experience, is it? It's not all discipline seems pleasant for the moment, but painful. Some of those lessons are just painful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. And just a verse before that, he said that that God disciplines us so that what we can share in his holiness. Listen, he is a good father. And he's circling back on those issues over and over, those lessons. He keeps coming around to them because he wants us to grow closer. He wants us to, to deal with those matters and lay them before him and get our faith back. So this year, as you are thinking about moving forward in your faith, what's the, the next step for me? What is it that God wants me to do now? What is, how do I get my faith moving? How do I keep it moving intentionally and following after Him? Ask this question. Are you too comfortable with God? Because I would submit to you that most faith problems begin right there. A the second question is this. Is He your one and only, or is He your one of many? I think I'd ask the question maybe this way, is God the main object of your love and devotion? I mean, there's no doubt today in this day and age, there are things constantly bombarding us and screaming for our attention. And you get online, and you jump on social media or anywhere online, and it's constantly coming at you, and they're just begging you, pay attention to me. Commit here, devote yourself to that. And if we're not careful, little by little, it's easy to allow those things to become the main thing, and we get distracted And we start to to look at God as though He's one of many things in my life that I can choose from. One of many things in my life that I can be devoted to, committed to, rather than the one thing. There are two amazing truths here about God in verses 14 and 15. Look again at verse 14. Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven, the highest heaven, the earth, and all that is in it. Man, that's an amazing thought, right? That's one of those things, you know, to think that there was nothing and God spoke and then there was everything. That is an amazing thing. God owns it all. He spoke it and and there it was. He created everything. That is an amazing truth. That makes what he said in verse 15 even more amazing a truth. Because God could have chosen anything in all of creation to be the object of His love, the object of His affection. But listen to what He said in verse 15. Yet on your fathers did the Lord set His affection to love them. And He chose their descendants after them, even you, above all people as it is to this day. Listen, there are a lot of things in creation That do not disobey God. There are a lot of things in creation that do not push back against God. And there are a lot of things that don't ever forget that he is God and I am not. And he could have chosen any of those things as his object of affection, as his object of love. And yet, what did he choose? You and me. And listen, that is an amazing truth. And the Bible says that our love for Him is merely a response to that, merely a response to His love for us. That's what John 3.16 tells us. For God so loved the world that He sent His most precious one that you and I might spend eternity with Him. That's what John 3.16 says. That's what, that's what Romans 5.8 tells us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us when we were in the deepest, darkest place in our lives. That's when Christ died for us. That's what the Bible tells us. We are the main object of his love and devotion. Let me ask you this. Is he the main object of yours? Is he the main thing in your life? Does your love for God draw you to him? Does it drive you? Does it determine what you do and what you don't do? Where you go and where you don't go, what you say and what you don't say, is it the thing that drives you, your love response for him? Or do you view God as just another thing among many that you have going on? Think about moving forward in our faith be intentionally chasing after God a little bit more today than I was yesterday, a little more faithful right now than I was an hour ago. that, That is the challenge. And as you're thinking about that, is He your one and only? And it's measured by more than just what we do. It's a heart attitude. It's not just what happens out here. We get so focused sometimes on what am I doing out here? What motions am I going through? What activities am I involved in? I'm not encouraging you to not be involved. But we get so focused out here. But God wants what's in here. It's a heart attitude. Over in the book of the Revelation, Jesus writes seven letters to seven churches. And in Revelation chapter 2, he writes a letter to the church in Ephesus. And I just want you to close your eyes for a minute. I'm going to read the letter. And just, just close your eyes, and I want you to think about what it would be like, what it would feel like to have Jesus write these words to you. He said, I know your deeds and your toil, your perseverance, that you cannot tolerate evil men. You put to the test those who call themselves apostles and they are not. You found them to be false. And you have perseverance and have endured for my name's sake and have not grown weary. Now let me ask you, what believer, what follower of Jesus wouldn't want him to write those words about? And if that were all he wrote about the church in Ephesus, we would say, I'm going to emulate Ephesus in every single way. I want that letter to be written about me. But he didn't end there. He goes on, verse 4 of Revelation chapter 2. He said, but I have this against you. You've left your first love. In other words, you've done all the right things. You've been involved in all the right stuff and you've done everything right, but we've grown apart. It's empty now. It's cold. We're distant, and we're distant not because Christ has moved. We're distant because you have moved. You're just going through the motions now. Listen, does your faith feel like that right now? You're just going through the motions. It feels like I'm just checking boxes and My prayer life, it's like everything's bouncing off the ceiling, and it just feels like I'm I'm on a treadmill. A lot of activity, but just not a lot of motion here. Does your faith feel like that? Does your walk with the Lord feel like that? If God were to write that letter to you, would it say anything different? Or would He end it exactly the same way? Listen, you've left your first love. If you're feeling that way, your faith feels like it's kind of stuck, like you're just sort of drifting along, that's the way you're feeling. Maybe this is the question you need to ask. Is God your one and only, or is He your one of many? So if you're taking notes and you're not using the note-taking guide, the first question is, are you too comfortable with God? The second question is, is He your one and only, or is He your one of many? And the third question is this, are you a willing follower? Are you a willing follower? Let's finish the text here, verse 16. He starts verse 16, he says, so. Now, so is a conclusion word. I told you some stuff. I've pointed out what it is that you need to do. This is what the Lord requires of you. And then he comes to verse 16 and he says, so. So. As a result of that, as a conclusion, this is what I want you to do now with all those things I told you. Many times when we come to the Old Testament, even believers do this sometimes. People look at the Old Testament and they think that that God in the Old Testament just wanted rule following. That's all he was after, religion and rituals and rule following. And that's all that God was after in the Old Testament. The New Testament that Jesus after grace and mercy, almost like there's two separate gods in the Bible. Have you heard people say that? Well, the God of the Old Testament is like this, but the God of the New Testament is all about grace and mercy and love. Like they're two separate gods. Like there's a there's a disconnect between the two. There's not a disconnect. The God of the Old Testament. The God that we see revealed there is not just after rule following. Well, look at what Moses says. So then, verse 16, circumcise your hearts. He did not say, so then, do more stuff. So then, be involved in more things. So then, just get the rules right. So then, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and tomorrow, be more faithful than you. He didn't say that. He didn't say, so then, try harder. He said, so then circumcise your hearts. It's a call to faith. See, God has always wanted more than just the outward signs. He wants our hearts right with Him. That's where our faith walk begins. Listen, as you're thinking about moving forward in your faith this year, maybe you feel like there's this this disconnect between you and God. This grand canyon between me and him, I'm just not sure what to do. I've been coming to church and spending time maybe even reading your Bible, but you feel like there's this gigantic disconnect. So as you look forward in your faith, as you ask yourself some very pointed questions, let me just ask you to think about this. Are you his follower? Has there been a point in your life that you look back to and you say, I know at that moment, maybe I know the day and the time, maybe I don't, but I know there was a moment when I repented of my sins and I turned from myself and I turned to Jesus and I cried out as to him as my only hope. I asked him to forgive me, asked him to save me. Has there been that time in your life? Maybe the reason your relationship feels so distant and cold with Him, maybe because it is. Now, if you're a believer in Christ, you're here this morning, I'm not encouraging you to doubt your salvation. But as you think about it, if you, if you were to, to, to just think about the question if I die right now, do I know I'll spend eternity in heaven with God? And if the answer to that question for you is, well, I hope so, well, I'm not sure. Well, I hope you'd see all the good things I did. And let me just ask you, are you his follower? Paul said this in Romans chapter 9. He said, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It really is that simple. God is not waiting for us to get all of our ducks in a row. There are some days I don't even know I have ducks. I can't even line them up. He's not waiting for us to do that. He's reaching down to us in a place that we cannot barely reach. We cannot reach him. And he said, now let me pull you up. At the end of the service, I'm going to end with two prayers. Pastor Brian always does that, and I'm going to do that this morning as well. One of those prayers will be a prayer of salvation. And if you're here this morning, you're joining us online, and you have never put your faith and trust in Jesus. And I'm going to encourage you to pray that prayer. Nothing magical about it, nothing special about it, other than the fact of you responding to the Lord. And if you need to do that, if that's what you need to do, to start this year by by becoming a follower of Jesus, I want to help you do that. But if you're here this morning and you are saved, let me ask you this question. Are you a willing follower? You are a follower of Jesus, yes, but are you a willing follower? follower. Listen to how he he finishes the verse 16. He says, circumcise your heart and stiffen your neck no longer. Jeannie and I have a little chihuahua. You know, don't laugh at our chihuahua. (laughs) He's a real dog. And we let our chihuahua sleep in the bed with us. Well, okay. If you have a chihuahua, you know that's not an accurate statement. He lets us sleep in the bed with him. But we let him in the bed with us. And Bruno, that's the chihuahua, is very much a mama's boy. And so he's got to be wherever Jeannie is. And so last night, I went to bed before Jeannie did. And I took Bruno with me. Well, he was completely out of sorts. Mom was in the living room. He was in the bedroom. He wasn't quite certain what to do with himself. So he sat down on her pillow. Now, what he wanted to do, and eventually he would, was come and burrow under the blankets. That's what chihuahuas do. And so I reached over to him, and I was trying to coax him under the blanket. And he did one of these numbers. You know, if you ever try to lead a dog somewhere they don't want to go, you got that, you know, they dig in, that's neck stiffening. And that's exactly what he did. Now, listen, I wanted to lead him somewhere he wanted to go. And he was going to benefit from where I was trying to lead him, but he stiffened up, and he pushed back. That's exactly what happens. The children of Israel, he said, stiffen your necks no longer. They were doing that. God was trying to lead them into the promised land, trying to bring blessings in their lives beyond what they, everything they could imagine, and they stiffened up, and they pushed back. They weren't willing followers. A few years ago, Pastor Kyle Eidelman wrote a book called Not a Fan. And it's it's a great book. If you haven't read it, I encourage you to read it, Not a Fan by Kyle Eidelman. It's an easy read. And in that book, he makes the distinction between a fan of Jesus, someone he calls an enthusiastic admirer of Jesus' work, between a fan and a follower. And this is what he said in the book. He said, a fan just wants a casual when it's convenient for me relationship. But a follower is willing to let Jesus interfere with their lives and do what he sees fit. Listen, if you think about the definition that way, are you a fan or a follower? Or are you a willing follower of Jesus. This is is what Jesus said, Luke chapter 9, verse 23. It's the basis of that book, by the way. And he was saying to them all, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Listen, that's a dying to self. That's what he's talking about. We talk about my cross to bear like it's a neighbor that makes a lot of noise or it's a difficulty we have at work. That's not at all how the first century audience would have understood that. That was a dying to self. And Jesus said, listen, if you want to follow after me, you've got to take what you want in life and subject it to me. You've got to take your goals and your aspirations and subject them to me. You've got to take the things that you want to follow after and make them secondary to what I want to do in your life. And as you think about moving forward, following after Him, having a faith that is intentionally chasing after Jesus. I want to ask you, are you His follower? Does He have your heart? And if He does, are you absolutely willing to let Jesus interfere with your life? Let Him do what He will with it. Are you stiff-necked with Him? Let me encourage you, as you think about Faith forward. As you think about the the next steps in your walk with Him, let me encourage you to take your faith vital signs. Ask the questions. I don't know which of those questions applies to you the most. I don't know how the Holy Spirit of God has spoken to you today and say, listen, that question right there, that's the one I want you to be asking. But what I encourage you to do is get alone with Him. Get quiet with the Lord. Ask Him. Test me and know my heart. See if there be any wicked way within me. Reveal those things to me. Lead me in the path of righteousness. Ask the questions. Are you too comfortable with God? Have you become a little bit complacent in your walk with Him? Have you, like the church in Ephesus, have you left your first love? Are you a true and genuine follower? Does He have your heart? Have you, have, have you found yourself dug in and stiff-necked in response to the Lord's leading? I don't know how the Lord has spoken to you today, but I want to end the service the same way Pastor Brian does, and that is with two prayers. The first one is a prayer of salvation. And if you're here this morning, you're joining us online, and you just don't know for certain what eternity is going to look like for you. You don't know for certain you're a follower of Jesus. I want to encourage you to pray this prayer along with me. It's not a magical prayer. There's nothing magical about these words. But if you mean it, if you're serious and you want to do business with God, He'll hear it and He'll save you. So if that's you this morning, would you bow your head and pray this prayer with me? Father, I come before you this morning and I recognize that I'm a sinner. And I recognize, Lord, that my sin has separated me from you. And if I were to die right now, I'd spend eternity separated from you. And Father, I recognize there's nothing I can do about that. No amount of good works, no amount of church attendance, no amount of anything that's going to change that. Father, I believe that Jesus died on a cross pay the penalty for my sin. So Jesus, I ask you right now to forgive me and to come into my life, to save me, to restore my heart to you. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer this morning, would you tell somebody? Maybe the person sitting next to you, maybe they brought you here, maybe they didn't. They still would like to hear it either way. Would you tell somebody? Let the the staff know, let the office know. Email Pastor Brian, Brian, B-R-I-A-N at HarvestChurchEugene.com. Let somebody know. We want to rejoice with you as a church family. We want to help you get your faith journey moving. So would you let someone know if you prayed that prayer? The second prayer, though, is a prayer of application. And if you're here or you're joining us online, And you are a believer in Christ, but the Lord has spoken to you specifically about one of those questions. This is the one that you need to be asking. And you pray this prayer with me, a prayer of application. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are faithful when we are not. Father, we thank you that we can come and bring our our requests for forgiveness back to you every single time. You're faithful and just to forgive us. So, Father, here I stand again, having taken you for granted. Or left my first love, or not been a willing follower. And, Father, I lay that matter down at your feet, and I ask your forgiveness. And I ask, Lord, you help me to adjust my life to you, to take the next step of faith as you reveal it. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for how you're always at work and moving in my life. And Lord, help me to honor that as I move forward in my faith. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if there's someone you need to talk to after the service or questions you have about your relationship with the Lord, I'm available. I know several of the staff members are available as well to do that and to help you take that next step of faith. As we close our service out together, would you stand together as Rachel leads us in one final song?